0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this Forbes Feature HCI podcast episode, I explore the recent Forbes video, Disruptive Philanthropy. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to be with you again today for this Forbes feature HCI podcast episode. Today I'll be exploring the recent Forbes video, Disruptive Philanthropy. Millennials Elizabeth and Kevin Phillips are boldly demonstrating that there doesn't have to be a trade off between doing good and doing well. In this video, they discuss their approach to philanthropy, how they want to disrupt the system, and ultimately provide a model and a pattern for how we can follow to make broader social impacts in the world around us. Thanks for joining me and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip.
1: As a millennial, we can have a different approach in wanting to be successful, at the same time wanting to do good.
2: We don't see a split between the two. We wanted to reach 100% impact to activate everything under our stewardship for good. Not knowing that this was a, a big ask, and that required a little bit of a shakeup.
1: We did have some pushback from our advisors, but Elizabeth took her own Texas style approach and came in there and was like, no, this is how we're going to do it. And we did it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: is there a trade-off between doing good and being successful in our careers and in life they're arguing in this opening clip that no it doesn't need to be a trade-off though often the world portrays it that way societal norms suggest that success means more and bigger and better constantly they decided that they wanted to take a different approach. They wanted to make the world a better place. They wanted to drive positive social impact in the world around them. And they wanted to find success in the work that they did. And they, they weren't willing to concede the point that it had to be one or the other. And in fact, it's not true. It's That's a false dichotomy. Of course, it doesn't have to be either we're doing good for others or we're being successful and we're making a profit. And that's where impact investing comes in that's where social entrepreneurship comes in that's where a lot of the broader body of social impact work comes in as we look at the various pathways of making an impact in our community and so what they're going to do in this video is outline a little bit of their approach and what they do what they have done in with their philanthropy to try to have a broader more impactful reach
1: we were 19 when we met and just outside of college we got married living in dallas first child on the way and then we get a phone call after the passing of my grandfather that we need to go back to north carolina to get involved in the family business
2: and the family said elizabeth we need you to run the foundation which was newly endowed and so we kind of overnight inherited the stewardship of a foundation and an operating business we didn't realize the scope and scale of what we'd stepped into
0: So at an incredibly young age, they find themselves with stewardship over this foundation and this endowment, and they have to decide what they're going to do with it. That's not a tremendous responsibility for anybody, but especially uh, a young person, a young couple. And so they're trying to figure out how do we make the most of the funds that we have available to us. And this is something that anyone with any means struggles with. I do believe, I'm a firm believer that most people are good. Most people are inherently good and want to do well by others and they want to be generous and they want to help those around them and they want to meet and address the social needs around them. But the problem is when you have a large amount of wealth that everyone is pining for a piece of the pie and looking to get your attention. And so we can't just simply uh, hand things out left and right, we, but we have to, do impact assessment we try to try to figure out what's the best use of this money how where can we put it so that we are meeting community identified needs that we can uh, do no harm and not have negative unintended consequences to what we're trying to do ultimately this these are the struggles that they were facing and the challenges that they were dealing with as they were starting out and they're going to continue to get more into it
1: Many cities post-recession had to reinvent themselves, and Greensboro is not unique in that sense. But when we moved here, they said pull up a chair and help us redefine what the future looks like.
2: We didn't want to do philanthropy as usual. We let the community speak to us about what the needs were in that moment in time. What were the big projects that were once-in-a-generation opportunities to move the dial or solve something?
0: So here they have a once-in-a-generation set of needs and challenges there's this unique context and rather than going in with solution in hand assuming they understood the community and understood what needed to happen they went in and simply asked the question what do you need they looked for community identified needs that may sound fairly simple but it doesn't happen often uh, as nonprofits and various philanthropy organizations go out and try to do good with with the money and the resources that they have it's a simple step it's a necessary step we have to lean on the lived expertise of the communities in which we serve and if we want to avoid doing harm and having unintended negative consequences Or if we simply just want to have community buy-in to what we're trying to accomplish and get them excited and on board with what we're doing, then we have to have that dialogue. It needs to be open. It needs to be transparent. We need to ask thoughtful questions, and we need to listen. As we listen, we'll better understand the needs that the community feels are most important, and then we'll be able to expend our resources in a way in conjunction with and partnership with the community to meet those needs in sustainable ways.
2: So while we were identifying and implementing these once in a generation grant opportunities, we increasingly started thinking about the other 95% as a private foundation. There's 5% you distribute in grants, and then the other 95% is invested to maintain foundational assets. And we just started asking questions about how could we activate that for good too.
0: The question of how to best utilize the resources of a foundation is a really important one. And as she said, typically when you have an endowment, you're not going to be spending down the endowment. The whole idea is that you invest and then you you run programs and initiatives off the interest. And so maybe 5% of the available resources are going towards the initiatives and the rest is just going to reinvestment into, into the endowment and trying to grow the endowment over time and generate more interest for more programs down the line. The question then becomes, though, if if you're only utilizing 5% of a tremendous amount of resources to make an impact in the world, how much impact are you really having? And are you having enough impact? What about the other 95%? And they ask themselves the simple question, what can we do to activate that other 95%? Yes, we're going to invest it. Yes, it's an endowment. We want to grow it over time. But how can we do good with those investments? And that's where social impact uh, investing came to be. This idea that we can focus our resources and invest our money in, in these funds into sustainable businesses, into agencies and organizations and stocks and businesses that are trying to address social need and, and contribute to the social good. That's a challenging thing to, to do. And ultimately, when they were starting with this, it was a very new idea. Uh, but since then, it's grown tremendously in popularity and breadth and scope, and so many organizations are following suit, and impact investing has become super common.
1: Impact investing is here to stay. And millennials are already thinking in disruptive ways and innovative ways and seeing that potential wave come is exciting to know about some of the social issues that we have not been able to address in traditional manners, now being addressed through impact investing.
2: Aligning our values with our assets, we really can move the dial on social problems. That's what gives us purpose.
1: I think if my grandfather were around today, he would be really proud and excited about the work that we're doing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Impact investing is all about aligning our values with our assets, like she said. And as he said, impact investing is here to stay. While it may have been a a pretty new thing even a decade ago, uh, it's really caught on. And millennial and Gen Z individuals really expect and demand to make an impact with the investing that they do, and they expect the organizations they work for to do the same. We need to align our values with the way we utilize our resources. And it's a fairly simple concept. If we can just do the homework so that we can do some impact assessment and we can understand uh, which which funds and which organizations truly are meeting uh, the social needs and contributing to, this, to the uh, community good, that ultimately we can make a huge difference with that other 95%. Foundations have money and endowments. They try to to do all sorts of things. It's so important. Corporations do philanthropy as well. We need to continue that, to do that. But let's use that money, uh, the endowed portion of that money, the investment, the resources, and the assets that we have at our disposal. Let's use those in ways that are consistent with our values. When we do that, everyone benefits. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As always, Leaders and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We
2: look forward to having you join us.